We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Raptors Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sean Davis. Jordan, as always, by my partner, Luca Rosano. Luca, what a wild trade deadline. The Raptors are on a winning streak now. We were just talking before the show that the Raptors might actually go on a bit of an extended winning streak and make things a lot more interesting. First, Luca, how are you doing? And what are your thoughts quickly so far on the Raptors post-deadline? Yaka Pirtle, man, you got to give the guy his uh, respect that he deserves. I mean, monstrous game. He had uh, 30 points in a big win against the Magic. And I use the word big win because the Raptors now will be off until next Thursday. So this is some, a game, obviously, they needed to have. Uh, they're three games under 500. Pirtle went absolutely bananas. He had 30 points, nine rebounds, and he really came through as he showed everybody that the Raptors truly needed a center. And he has just been great so far. I would say through his first three games back with the Toronto Raptors, getting more and more comfortable with his role. And uh, just looking at this game a little bit longer uh, with the, uh, against the Orlando magic Siakam had 26. He's obviously going to be going to the all-star game with uh, some injuries benefiting him. Um, Scotty Barnes had 17 points, Fred Van Vliet. I do want to mention this too, Sean. I like when Fred Van Vliet is a facilitator first, score second. He had 15 assists tonight, helping the Raptors get the win. 15 assists, 10 points. Achu had 11. Boucher had 13. Malachi had 10. Thad Young did leave this game, um, but didn't return. So that's the one negative that came out of this game against uh, the Magic. And uh, yeah, like you said, Sean, all of a sudden, the Raptors, they won a couple games in a row. And you look at that game against the Jazz, man, that was such a tough way to lose because the Raptors right now should be on a five-game winning streak because they won a couple – Six, yeah. Um, Because they won a couple games going into uh, uh, the deadline. And then, yeah, they just completely fall apart against the Jazz on the Friday. They were up by like 14 points with like five minutes left. So Raptors definitely playing much better basketball. They do look like a better team with Yaka Pirtle. And we'll get into the scheduling for the second half or post-All-Star break in just a second. But, no, listen, the Raptors, they needed to get a center. And I went on record of saying this is the deadline. Was I surprised that the Raptors were ultimately buyers and uh, and not sellers? Yes. Uh, did I want the Raptors to be sellers and look to the draft this season? Absolutely. I'm not backing down from that. However, I did say that I was okay with the Jakob Pirtle trade 
from the perspective that the Raptors didn't give up Gary Trent Jr., who for some reason his name was floating around. They didn't give up a first round pick for this draft. So just in case the season still does end up going south, the Raptors do have that pick. And I did say that Jakob Pertl will make this team better. He will address a major hole that this Raptor team had in terms of rebounding, in terms of having a true big. And I actually am a really big fan of Jakob Pertl. So whatever happens from here on out, whatever direct, uh, direction the Raptors take going into the offseason, we'll get into that later in terms of like, you know, what are they going to do with Fred and OG? Because I really thought they were going to trade those guys. The Raptors need to secure Jakob Pertl because not only is he a free agent this offseason, he's obviously a good fit with this team. He's shown that through three games. And because you gave up that 2024 uh, first-round protected pick, you got to make sure you have Pertl in the long-term here. He's obviously very um, comfortable with this Raptor system, and I think he's only going to continue to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about Fred Van Vliet, the guy you mentioned really, really quickly. He, in the month of February, is averaging just under 25 points, uh, over five rebounds, six assists. He's shooting over 36% from three on just under 10 three-point attempts per game. I think he's taking better shots. I think he's taking more efficient shots over this recent stretch of games. And he's had now two games with double-digit assists, including a triple-double and a Another brutal loss to the Jazz, losing by three to start the month off. And then again, 15 assists tonight. Actually, I think those stats are going to get boosted because I don't think ESPN accounts for the that game's stats. So his assists should definitely take a, a, a rise up. Luca, you just mentioned it. You know, Fred believe be more of a facilitator and get the other guys involved. They had a team. Uh, I'm not sure this is a team high. But they had a, uh, a season high, rather. They had 31 assists tonight on 50 made baskets, and 15 of those came from Fed, from Fred VanVleet. Uh, Luca, when when guys like OG and Gary Trent Jr. come back, how is uh, Fred VanVleet's role as being more a little bit more of a facilitator going to help those guys? I you think if it is at all. Yeah, and uh, I think it is going to help them. And I think you know when you look at some of the games the Raptors have won, Fred VanVleet when he's kind of that you know, not primary scorer and he's looking to get everybody else involved. That's when the Raptors are at their peak. And, you know, Fred Van Vliet, whenever we've seen it so many times a season, whenever he's the guy who's going off for, you know, 30 plus points. Yeah. Some of those games have ended in wins, but a lot of the times the Raptors end up losing those games because I, I feel like Fred Van Vliet, he's got to adapt to his, you know, more important role on this team. And that is, you know, get, some of these score first guys involved, get your Pascal Siakam involved first, you know, uh, let Scotty Barnes have the ball in his hands when he needs to, uh, you know, facilitate and get other guys involved. Like you said, when a Gary Trent Jr. OG is implemented now in the rotation, those are going to be the guys who are going to want the ball in their hands. And that is why I think the Raptors are going to have a very interesting situation this summer, Sean, um, not to get too ahead of myself here. Because we talk about Fred Van Vliet always liking to have the ball in his hands. And let's call it for what it is. Fred Van Vliet is a score first guard. He is usually a guy who's going to look to get his offense and a shot off before looking to his teammates. Tonight wasn't uh, the case for that. And what do you know? The Raptors win. And then they're also going to be having a guy come back soon, an OG, who wanted to have more of a role offensively. But now you're looking at this Raptors team. You know, Siakam's obviously still the main guy in terms of wanting to get his and having the ball in his hands. Scotty Barnes, we know, is coming along nicely now. 
you know, you got Yaka Pirtle now who's showing his offensive upside, and I expect that to continue in his role. So you can see why there could be some cracks here that could ultimately show themselves even more in the summer when guys like OG and Fred might not necessarily be now in the long-term plans for this Raptors team, especially I would say Fred Van Vliet. You know, he's going to be coming into um, you know, a contract year. He's going to be opting out. He's going to be looking for that bag. I don't know if the Raptors and Fred at that point in time will make sense anymore, just given the money and all that. So um, I like that Fred's being a facilitator now. We'll see how this continues to play out. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when Fred Van Vliet is, you know, dishing old dimes and he's not chucking up shots, I think this Raptors team is in a much better position to win. And we saw that in this Magic game. Now, I also want to do say this. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because it is the Orlando Magic. Uh, they did beat the Raptors a handful of times a season. And you look at things big picture here. I mean, the Raptors almost choked away a lead against the Pistons. They blew a lead against the Jazz. And they were able to get some wins going into the um, the trade deadline, rather, like I said. But it was against the Spurs, Rockets, and the Grizzlies who were shorthanded. So the Raptors still got to prove a lot more that they are going to make a push for this thing. But uh, obviously this team and, and man management believes that they can. You know, Bobby Webster said before... Uh, or after the, the trade deadline that uh, the Raptors ultimately were not sellers, rather buyers, because they still feel that this Eastern Conference is wide open. So we'll see how that comes uh, into play after the All-Star break. Yeah, wide open from the standpoint of it's Milwaukee, Boston, and yeah, 3 through 12, yeah, wide open. How bad they kill each other in the playoffs, and Milwaukee and Boston will just, you know, wait patiently for whoever's left. It would be a shame. And I don't know if shame is the right word. But I think this is almost reminiscent of the NBA Finals a couple years. That is a bit more than a couple years ago now. But 2016-17, uh, when it you just knew, you just knew it was going to be Gold State Cleveland. And there was basically nobody was going to stop that from happening. I feel like that's the same thing with the Easter Conference. Where I feel like you just know. It's going to be Milwaukee-Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. As long as they stay healthy, I don't think there's anybody that's going to stop that from happening. I think the best team that has a shot to do is Cleveland, maybe. But I don't think Cleveland matches up well with Milwaukee. I think they match up okay with Boston, but not Milwaukee. But, um, yeah, just it's interesting. I, I disagree with the parody thing in the East. I think there's two top dogs. One, maybe two dark horses, and then there's just a bunch of quote-unquote mid-teams in the East. What, Luca, what do you think about that? Well, that's why I made the comment, too, on uh, NBA trade deadline day that, yes, the Raptors, they get better, but ultimately they're still stuck in the middle, which is how I see it. Because like you said, I mean, the Celtics or the Bucks, it's inevitable. It's going to be one or the other. And that's why uh, these games going down the stretch are going to be important for both those teams to try to get home court advantage. Um, to see who ultimately would have home court for potential Eastern Conference Finals. Now, I do agree, but I would not dismiss the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that's a team that could make things interesting, and that's a team that's also due. I mean, you look at Joel Embiid, um, you know, James Harden, you almost got to you, – you get the sense and you get the feeling this is their last chance to really do something to the – you know, and, and really, you know, make a run and finally get to that NBA Finals. Obviously, this is a Sixers team that's come up short many, many times in heartbreaking fashion. Is this the year they could finally piece things together and upset one of the Celtics or Bucks team on their way to a Finals? I wouldn't dismiss the Sixers. And I'll also say this. The Cavaliers, I mean, 
I'm not ready to say the Cavaliers are going to make it to the NBA Finals, but could they be a surprise team that could, yeah. uh, you know, upset one of the Celtics or Bucks and make it to an improbable Eastern Conference Finals run? I, I wouldn't put it past anybody. I, I see, I could see that being as a possibility as well. What I'll say this, Sean, is I think outside of the top four, it is completely wide open. But when you talk about those four teams, I think it's set in stone that, yeah, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Cavs, those teams are locked in their place. And more specifically, to your point, Celtics, Bucks, rock solid. It's going to take a lot for just the Sixers or Cavs to, you know, get past them on an improbable run, uh, let alone some of these other teams that we haven't mentioned. Teams like, you know, the Nets, the Heat, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Raptors. So that is why for as much as we, you know, can get excited, the Raptors are going to make this thing interesting as we're going to talk about very soon. I still think, yeah, the East is kind of predestined, if you will, that right now, man, like the Celtics and the Bucks are on a whole other level and the Sixers and Cavs are playing some very good basketball just below them. Yeah. I, I still think right now, best case scenario for this Raptors season. And honestly, it might be a bad thing at the end of the day. This is going to sound crazy. But the best case scenario in terms of this season's outcome is a second round exit. That's probably best case scenario. Like you somehow, we're going to talk about the schedule here in just a sec. You somehow go on a run, right? Especially over these next couple of weeks and come out of the All-Star break. Um by the way, let's get past Garcia. Congratulations on making the All Star game. Um, and because you've played good basketball, you should be on a six game win streak right now. Yeah. After being seven games under 500, me and Luke were saying, pack it in, pack it in. The season's over. Raptors say, nope, we're going to win five of our next six. Should be six straight, but we're going to choke away a Jazz game. But I think that could be a bad thing as well. Because think about it in football, right? In football, this might follow my analogy here. It is it, it's the Pittsburgh Steeler effect. It's great. It's a cool story. It's impressive at, at the same time that the Steelers have never, under the Mike Tomlin regime, ever finished below 500. It's impressive, right? Very, very impressive. But what that does, especially to you like this one, where you don't make the playoffs, or you're like last year. Was last year Ben's last year? I think it was. Um, where you do make the playoffs, but you immediately get slaughtered in the first round, you're now picking in the NFL, you're picking in the 20s. In the NBA, it's honestly pretty close. You're picking in the middle of the pack, so early teens, right? That doesn't do it. Like in, in the NBA, for the most part, a middle of the teens pick in the first round is a really good role player. You, you'll have your... Guys, that, like, you have your Donovan Mitchells, your Bam Adebayos, but those still, those guys still were lottery picks. They were late lottery picks, but still. So I think the Raptors going all in on this season, where we just admitted that it is a four-team race in the Eastern Conference. They're going all in to best-case scenario being a second-round exit. It might burn them in the long run, although culture-wise, whatever – I don't know, Luke. Am I crazy to think like that? I think you you said it perfectly with that Pittsburgh Steelers analogy, and that's where I'm at as a fan. I know people can take it. Oh, you're being negative. You're being a Debbie Downer. You're being, uh, you know, criticizing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. <laughs> I was trying to put the camera solo on you. I was trying some, try some stuff out. I was still here the whole time. Oh shoot, my bad, man. I thought you exited. My bad. That's why I'm like, no. I'm not ready to go in on it because, yeah. <laughs> no, you're Shit, good. I've been okay, doing let's... that throughout the show. Okay, but... my bad. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Okay, let, uh, sorry. Let's let's count it down and then I'll pick up for my answer. Okay, and you can just restart like the how you like the Pittsburgh shooters out here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, three, two, one. No, I actually think that's a perfect analogy, Sean, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's how I feel right now as a fan. It's a double-edged sword, right? It's like people are going to say, don't be a Debbie Downer. Don't be so negative. Don't be so constructive. But for as much as I want to see this team win, succeed, celebrate, go through the great emotions as we experienced in this win over the Magic, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I see the end result, I guess, is a better way of putting it of, you know, how far this Raptors team can go. And it's not that I'm being negative. It just, I'm being realistic. And we just went over it. There are a lot of teams that are in the middle of the pack. And there are only a few teams, particularly in this Eastern Conference, that have what it takes to realistically get to an NBA Finals. And when you look at this Raptors team, for as good as they can be, unfortunately, they don't stack up against the Celtics or the Bucks as being better than those teams in a best-of-seven playoff series I, I would even say against the Sixers you wouldn't beat them in a best of seven now to your point best case scenario for the season and which is why I said the ceiling for this team is the second round is because yes best case the Raptors go on a run and these teams fall in front of them teams like the Nets the Heat the Knicks although the Knicks have been playing really well lately 
and the Raptors get into that fifth spot, I can actually see them beating the Cavaliers. And I've been saying that all season yeah. long, that if the Raptors end up with a first-round playoff series against the Cavs, they've already beaten them, I believe it's three times, I can see the Raptors upset them, if you will, and make it to the second round. But then I would be very shocked if they're able to beat one of Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics to get to a conference final. So, yeah, Sean, for as great as it is for the culture and – you know, you want to support a winning team and not a losing team. I think a lot of people, or at least me and you see, okay, let's be realistic with this thing. Are the Raptors doing themselves good or are they doing themselves more harm than good um, with, you know, winning now? But, you know, is that going to cause for an even bigger setback in the future? And and that was my whole point as to why I did want to see the Raptors kind of settle it in, pack it in, if you will, and, and go for a high draft pick for this season. But hey, you know what? Obviously, they're going for it. There were buyers. Pirtle looks great through three games. It looks like the Raptors are or could make a run. I'm not going to use the word are because we never know what this team. And yeah, you know what? We'll see how far this Raptors team can take it. But that being said, take it with a grain of salt that uh, it would take something very, very miraculous for the Raptors to turn this thing around to the tune of making it to a conference finals. I I think it's safe to say that. I think the Raptors, if follow me here, I think the Raptors feel that the Miami Heat, but they're not. And what I mean by that is the Heat out of the middle of the pack teams are the only team that I think could, not very, very, very unlikely, that could even make it interesting against Milwaukee yeah. or Boston. Yeah. Because sure. one, they have the coach. They have the coach, the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. Go check out my Twitter page. Uh, it's right here. There we go. Show how there we go. Twitter at Sean underscore DABI. I, I posted like who my top five coaches are. They're the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion, objectively, right? You have the best player out of all of the middle of the pack Easter conference teams, right? If you look at Miami, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, and who am I missing? Washington, you have the best player. You honestly have, what, two of the, like, five best players out of the middle of the pack teams, right? You also have three max contracts on your books. Is it four? Tyler Hero, like, you have Bam, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Tyler Hero now. You can't pack it in, right? So, and then, so Miami, and also you were just in it. You're Jimmy Butler, heroic three away from going to the finals last year. So Miami is a little bit different. I feel like that's what Toronto thinks they are, but they're not Miami. They're not Miami. They don't have all respect to Pascal. I don't think Pascal is the same as a playoff Jimmy Butler. What we've seen from playoff Jimmy Butler. Um, I don't think, yeah, I, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I don't think. Toronto stands as much of a chance against one of those top teams as like a Miami Heat does. And the Heat have been just slaughtered by injuries all year yeah. long. So, yeah, man. No, I'm that's also- a good point. And I mean, it makes for a fun game. Like, if you were to say, okay, let's put money on a team, not named Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Cavs, to make a miraculous run and surprise a lot of people, given what happened with the Nets. Although the Nets do have looked good, I don't think anybody anticipates them going on a length playoff run now. You would put money on the Heat of being kind of that disruptor team. But you know what's funny, John? I mean, outside of the Heat, let's just say you don't pick the Heat and you got to pick now between the Nets, Knicks, Hawks, Raptors, Wizards, Bulls. Uh, you would have to probably put, yeah, money on the Raptors now because I just said the Nets are not going to go on a lengthy playoff run anymore, although they do look solid for the future. I don't trust the Knicks with my life. I mean, 
The Knicks have looked good. They're on a two-game winning streak, but I still can't trust the Knicks. The Hawks are a mess. Wizards, yeah, you know, they're one of those teams you can't really commit to. And then the Bulls are just a mess of their own. So, yeah, I could see why, you know, the Raptors could think to themselves, oh, okay, we got a chance now to leapfrog a couple of teams and, you know, get right back into this thing. But, again, looking at the end picture, will it be worth it? I guess we'll find out just given where the Raptors finish in the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for some value, maybe you sprinkle some money on the heat, uh, as Sean alluded to. That's a team that, uh, for as bad as their season has looked, they need, they need a win now. Like, th- there's no future. F- like, th- yeah, there's no let's build to the future for this team. They were constructed to win right now. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's let's take a look at the upcoming Raptors schedule, shall we? Before we get out of here, the Raptors they get to go into the All Star break with a little bit of momentum again, winning five of their last six. Should have been their last six games. Honestly, should have been their last seven games because they choked the fir- the uh, first Jazz game as well in Utah. So yeah. uh, Raptors winners of five of the last seven, uh, five of the last six, and back to back games. Uh, their upcoming schedule. You got New Orleans, Detroit. New Orleans, by the way, no Zion. This first game out of the All Star break. Uh, Cleveland at Cleveland. Second, I have a back to back. Chicago at home. Then you have a road trip, which features a back to back in Washington. In Washington. Uh, then you have a West Coast trip at Denver, at the Clippers, at the Lakers. Uh, so this road trip isn't as bad as a ten day road trip away from Toronto, but really you're in the same. City for like half of this road trip. So you're in Washington for, for like four days, and then you're in LA for like four days. So it's not as bad as it really seems. Um, then you come back, Denver, OKC, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Indiana, Detroit, Washington again, Miami, Philly to end out March. And then you have back to back at Charlotte, and then back to back at Boston, and then you end the year at home against Milwaukee. A couple of tough stretches. But the tough stretches, Luca, are filled in with some very easy winnable games. Okay, so I know the Raptors have, I believe it's the uh, easiest remaining schedule, but I'm actually going to say that it's not as easy as you think. Because hear me out for a second. Okay, outside of the two games against the Pistons that they have remaining, um, and then the two games against the Hornets that they have remaining, which is April 2nd, April 4th, the Raptors are going to be taking on a team, Sean, that will have something to play for. And that is what's going to make these matchups interesting because they are, in all likelihood, going to get this other team's best effort. For instance, the Pelicans, for as derailed as they are, this is a team that they're not packing it in. They're going to want to situate themselves well in the Western Conference for a good playoff seat. They're going to want to win that game. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to want to win that game to try to stay fourth or even try to catch the Sixers, who, by the way, they play uh, Wednesday night, and they're only a game back of that three seed. Um, then you got a Bulls team that, obviously, they did not blow it up at the deadline. They're going to want to try to save their season. So they're going to be playing that game hard to try to you know make it to the play-in. The Wizards, same thing. They're stuck in the middle. They're not going to lose. They're not going to tank. They're going to try to win the play-in. And then you got a West Coast trip that you're going to get the Nuggets best, the Clippers best, all based on, you know, trying to position themselves in the standings. The Lakers best. At that point, they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives. Um, the Thunder, okay, maybe that's a team that takes it easy a bit, but uh, uh, they have a chance for the playoffs. I mean, they've been playing unreal. So my point is, 
a lot of these games that the Raptors are going to be in are going to be against teams that have something to play for. The other team is the Pacers. I forgot to mention that's a team that's not going to have a lot to play for at the time because they've just fallen from grace. But, you know, a lot of these opponents are going to have the Raptors play in some pretty meaningful games for both sides. And then if you really want to get specific with it, the last three games of the season, you got Celtics, Celtics, and Bucks. You would think to yourself, those are probably going to be easier games because maybe the Bucks and the Celtics want to rest their guys before the playoffs. Probably not because at that time, we could see a back and forth affair between the Celtics and the Bucks of trying to get that one seed. And that is a race that could very well come down to the final game uh, or final day of the regular season. So the Raptors are going to have their workout all for them. That is why, in my opinion, Sean, they got to come out of the gate and get the game against the Pelicans and the Pistons before you then take on Cavs, Bulls, Wizards, and Wizards, teams that are going to be you know, fighting for the play-in picture. Um, and then that is before the West Coast trip, which is going to be very tough because you got the Nuggets who have been unreal. And then, you know, like I said, the Lakers, Thunder, Clippers, T-Wolves even have looked a lot better from how they started the season. That West Coast trip is going to be extremely tough. So the Raptors got to get these games coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a big time stretch for the Raptors coming out of the break. Will them going all in pay off? Hold on, hold on. What's what? What's an AW reference? We 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 somehow tie in one wrestling reference. So I said all in. All in, yeah. Then how can I? How can I cap that <laughs> off? This is such bad podcasting. Hold on. Hold yeah, on. I, I didn't come prepared with the uh, AW references. Let's see if the Raptors can make it to uh, the showcase. That is of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's stop it there. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. And until next time, stay safe. We'll see you guys later. Peace out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.